to be super clear, let's talk about Elon's email. Welcome to the Marketing Mentors Podcast, brought to you by Red Pandas Digital. My name's Tasha, and I'm joined by the lovely Linda today. And we are actually going to be talking about, uh, if you couldn't pick it up from our intro there, but the uh, emails that Elon Musk sent to his teams at Tesla earlier this week. Now, let's just be clear. I'm not, we're not here to shit on the emails that he sent out. We're just, we've got our opinions on them and we've got some key learnings and takeaways that we want to talk about and how they can, you know, relate to most offices and teams. But how about Linda, why don't you read out some of the the lines from that email for anyone that's been, um, you know, under a rock under and has a rock. Yeah. <laughs> And hasn't heard the last of it. ten days. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Okay. So basically, um, I'm not going to read the entire email because it's quite long. But there were like there were two key lines which everybody is outraged from, mm-hmm. and one of them was that everyone at Tesla is required to spend a minimum of 40 hours in the office per week, and if they don't show up, then he'll assume that they've resigned. Uh, and the last sentence in the email was that Tesla has and will create and actually manufacture the most exciting and meaningful products of any company on earth. This will not happen by phoning it in. Yeah, I, I didn't understand that last line at first because like, what do you mean by phoning it in? And, and you know, obviously when you think about it, you're like, okay, by, it's not going to work if we're just making Zoom or Teams calls. So um, on that on that note, the first kind of theme or topic we want to talk about is this attitude or mindset, as if you will, around working modes and different types of working. So um, obviously, you know, he's mentioned that he expects everyone to be in the office location for 40 hours a week. And for some companies around the world, this is required. And I think, you know, we can get into this a little bit more in a second, but obviously post-COVID, post-pandemic, business like a lot of businesses have really changed those working modes i know like red pandas prior to covid and you know you and i were working with each other when this happened we were here every day yeah it was like work from home every now and then like and you would not that you'd put it in for approval but it would be like oh hey just so you know next week on wednesday i'm going to work from home whereas now it's like oh hey just so next week or wednesday i'm going to come into the office yeah there's this been huge shift and like we we call it here a flexible working hybrid kind of culture where it's like 90 or 80% of the time we're at home um, and the other 20% of the time we alternate who's coming in on what day so we can see each other, be with each other. That's a, you know, that's a different type of like mental health work state reason plus also just getting productivity and being with each other. But um, yeah, what do you what do you say about like the, the mindset around working modes? I think that works for us, right? Yeah. And I don't think that there's any right or wrong when it comes to yeah. working modes now. We've seen companies that do require people to be on the ground, like Tesla, for example. I think it's absolutely the right decision for Tesla. They're a 24-7 factory where they manufacture, design the products um, in their factory. So it makes sense that they're required to be at the office at all times. But I think there's other modes as well. And this is where we get resistance because companies are different and they require different things. So you've yeah. got companies that need their people on the ground, makes sense. Mm-hmm. Then you've got kind of like the the flexible where we kind of are in that space, I'd say, where some days in the office, some days from home. And then you have the other extreme where you have leaders that have been super sensitized to the new way of doing things, which is just remote working. Yeah. And, and you've got companies that have even um, got rid of their office leases. Like become fully remote teams. Yeah. Which yeah. is like well and good if it works for you, doesn't work for Red Pandas and uh, obviously doesn't work for Tesla and Elon's letting everyone know that. And look, each to their own, but it's a really interesting topic 
to see, you know, how are you guys working? Those, those of you listening, like, have you got more of a hybrid culture or since we've come back from post-COVID, is this expectation that you have to come back into the office nine to five? Is it just back to the, you know, the normal daily grind or is that is that flexible working still there? You know, is your team open to that? Can you talk to your, your management or leadership about those uh, different work styles? And I, I really don't mind the idea of depending on what role you're in, your work mode might change. I think that that's really fair and reasonable. And, you know, force a company like Tesla, obviously, I don't know every every specific job description in that company, but you might have people that are more admin-based as yep. opposed to factory-based, for example. And I don't mind the idea of having different work modes for different types of job roles, depending on what you're doing. Yeah, of course. I think that that's fair. And I think that uh, a blanket statement across the entire company might be a bit regressive, to be honest, considering yeah. we're now moving towards this digital age and and people and we know like there are so many studies now where we know that people really value that flexibility of where they're based when they're working. And we know that that in turn, because they, they have that flexibility, it creates more productivity. So yeah. I think it's regressive for all companies to be thinking that we need to go back to the way things were in. 2010 yeah which is you know office five days a week yeah um but it really depends on what your company does yep. and the your employee role. types within that company yeah 100 percent. and then the uh the culture within the company as well yeah so if the culture well, permits for that or uh, embraces it really and you know team sizes leadership management communication styles and um really kind of moving into the next theme is this idea of communication and why is well, it important? So I guess Elon sent an, an, another email, right? He, he sent another email out. It was some time ago. It was before what we just recently saw. And it was around communication. Okay. And he was talking about how um, there's really two schools of thought when it comes to communication within a company. Yep. And the most common one that we know of is the chain of command, yep. where you report and communicate directly to your manager. And he said that that really just serves the power of the manager, but doesn't serve the entire company because uh, the alternative, which is the way that Tesla do things, is he recommends and advocates that people go directly to the source, uh, whoever they they think will be responsible for um, the, the fastest solution. Yeah. And he says that that mode of communication serves the company yeah. because it's quick and fast, whereas, you know, what we've kind of been accustomed to is the chain of command. Yeah. But I th I think that there's some real-world implications there when we talk about just going directly to the top, if you will, particularly because we've been working on efficiencies, right? Yeah. We have a theme for this quarter within the company, which is maximizing efficiencies. And I think to myself, you know, if, if anybody is going to anyone, how efficient is that? Yeah. For the company. Yep. And it starts to question mark uh, authorities as well. And there's, there, there, there is processes and procedures and they're in place for a reason. Now, this is, this is relevant to us, a small, smaller business with less team members. So we are a lot more agile. Things move very quickly with us. Like there's, there's less hoops yep. to jump through to get things done or things approved. So, you know, we're come, this is where we're coming from. Obviously, if you're in a larger organization with more hoops and, more kind of, uh, you know, politics, if you will, you know, this might be a very different process. But um, what I want to say on that is a leader 
or a, an entrepreneur, let's say, and let's just use Elon Musk as an example because yeah. we're, we're, we're talking about it today. Yeah. But he's clearly an extremely creative thinker and he's very strategic, perhaps not the best emotional communicator and leader. So know when to hire. <laughs> exactly. So the key there and the, the, what I know what we do at Red Pandas is we know when we need to hire and we hire for our weaknesses. Yeah. So if our weaknesses are communication uh, because – you know, I'm just so bogged down in like strategy and creative work that I don't have the emotional capacity to deal with, you know, people that want to talk about flexible working. Yeah. And I'm going to hire someone that can deal with my people or the emotional needs of my people, hence, you know, HR or people and culture style yeah, and roles. Yeah, be able to deal with that type of communication in a better way with your employees to yes. avoid the outrage that outrage we've just seen. Outrage or backlash or anything like that, which is going to affect in turn the, exactly. you'll see employee churn exactly your employee satisfaction will go down exactly so it's that key takeaway is higher for your weakness and it's funny that we we actually use that a lot here at red pandas and we, yeah we do we tend to when we go to hire we're hiring for the gap in the knowledge set that we collectively have and uh that's i feel like that's a big reason why we've grown the way we have is because we each bring something so unique and um essential to the business and we become more efficient because we know that this person is key on this and this person is a gun on that and this person is a gun on that and that way they're together we you know we rise yeah um, like i said small agile team we can do that but yeah that communication is key and it, like we it could seemed keep like he was he was quite emotional when he sent that it it almost read like he had a conversation with one person realized that they weren't in the office yeah. and then fired off the email yeah emotions uh thanks yeah. for bringing that one up linda <laughs> i feel like that's that's a it's a really good uh, topic because when yeah when I read that I it it reeked emotion to me like okay he's emotional and I get it I totally get it uh, we're human we all have emotions whether we want to uh, admit to it or not or whether we want to accept them or not and not to you know shit on what he was doing or who he is he does yeah and this could be anyone and Joe Blow could have written this email and I would have probably said the same thing this re this yells emotion to me and one thing that I was taught from a very young kind of age in my corporate life was never send emails and for that uh, matter as well, SMSs emotionally. If something you see or something that is done triggers you and you can be aware that it has triggered you, write whatever it is that you need to write. Don't put anyone in the to message. Yeah. There's a draft yeah. or put it in a note or write it in your notepad somewhere where it's private to you. If you have someone that you can kind of share that with confidentially or that you can you can say, hey, I need to send you something. Can you just make sure I don't sound like a bitch in it? Yeah. Then, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> but um, if you don't have that person, then just give it a, like, give it a, a, a breather, whether it's a yeah. overnight, like sleep on it, go do something else, cool, cool yourself down, go have a workout, whatever it is, come back to it and read it, uh, digest it unemotionally. Yeah. And that way there you can remove the emotion and just be matter of fact. So in this, let's just use this example that, you know, Elon shared to perhaps someone – didn't show up to week to work for a week and they just worked from home because, hey, that's what we've been doing for the last two years. I thought that was acceptable. Yeah. And then he's obviously gone, that's not going to work for me, as opposed to being emotional and sending out this like, no, nope, you all have to do this, otherwise we're going to think you've resigned. I feel like when you, when, you, when you do send out the email or have the conversation when you are emotional as well and you say things you shouldn't say, I feel like your ego kind of then kicks in. So even upon reflection, it's hard to disassociate yourself from that emotion because yeah. your ego is like, 
no, I, I meant what I said. Yeah, exactly. exactly. And so it's easier to just think before you send it and then involve the emotion and the ego that exactly. is attached to the outcome. Yeah. And and it's so it's so easy. And Linda, I think 99% of us, and I've probably done it already today and I'll do it again later today, we act emotionally. We act yep. on our emotions. And that's like that is that is our life essentially. But if we can just put the emotion just to the side and when we're feeling a certain way, be like, okay, is this my is this my ego? Yeah. Is this me really being emotional about something? Um, or is there actually a problem here? Yeah. Is there a problem here about like our workplace, our work working mode? And do we need to address it? And that's probably what it is. There is a problem with the work mode there. And so it should have been addressed in a slightly less emotional way, my opinion, my two cents. I feel like the pandemic as well. I mean, I know we always talk about the pandemic now we need to stop, but I will say, I feel like the pandemic has almost favored leaders that have been emotionally intelligent, particularly from a work from home mode point of view. Yep. I feel like working from home and flexible learning is is really working for companies that have leaders that are emotionally intelligent yeah. because they're able to do things in new ways to still bring about that same culture yep. and keep the productivity high within the team and still get things done, yep. finding new and innovative ways where I feel like companies that are led by people that aren't so emotionally intelligent yeah. probably have really struggled when it comes to working from home and flexible because they can't, working. Because they can't figure out why doesn't someone want to be in the office. Yeah. I'm going to get my job done just as well as I would in the office at home because I've got less distractions, I'm more comfortable, there's less commute time, um, and that, that's, that's, that works for me and that works three times out of the five-day week and the other two times I come in because I need yeah. to see you and I need to see the team and we need to go and have lunch. Oh, don't get me wrong. <laughs> I mean that human face-to-face -face yeah. contact is still so important Yeah, regardless. The last thing I want to talk about on um, this whole topic is – and I'm, look, I'm not a business owner. I like to think that Red Pandas <laughs> is like my business, but at the end of the day, it's not. You know, I'm obviously part of the leadership team, but it's still not. And um, leaders, business owners can't expect their employees to treat the business like it's their own or work the same way that they do. Yeah. It's just not, it's just not realistic. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like you might get unicorns of team members like myself, <laughs> I just gave myself a mad <laughs> plug and Linda, um, <laughs> that we do, we pour our heart and soul into the business that we're working for. Um, probably still not as much as like I know when Moby yeah. first started the business and he, this is one of his podcast episodes is on this, you know, he worked a, a nine to five Monday to Friday, then he'd go home and work like half the night on Red Pandas and then he'd work on Saturday and like half a day Sunday. So he really only had a few hours with his family. Like he hustled and grinded until he got the business to a point where he could hire and leave his full-time job. That makes sense. But yeah. I, it's just it's unreasonable to think that your employees will exactly. grind the same way. And exactly. we know with Elon, for example, so yeah. he obviously slept at the factory, I think it was in 2018, yeah. and he made a comment that Tesla would have gone bankrupt. If he didn't Bankrupt do that. unless he, yeah, unless he did that. And you know what? It probably would have gone bankrupt. Yeah, 100%. You own the business. You should be doing that. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like when business owners, and I haven't, you know, I know some, I know enough, but business owners are like, oh, my business isn't taking off. And it's like... Well, how much time and effort are you putting into it? Yeah. Because it should be everything that you live, breathe, think and feel for it to really – like nothing will understate hard work. But look, that's my opinion and as my yeah. mum says, opinions are like assholes and everyone has one. So you might have to bleep that out, guys. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, oh my gosh! Yeah. But otherwise, uh, I've loved I loved this episode, Linda, and chit chatting along with you. Um, for anyone listening, this podcast is aimed at anyone in the digital. Uh, you don't even have to be in marketing, which is like business space. If you have any questions, feedback, ideas for topics, definitely hit Linda or myself up on LinkedIn. Very keen to hear your feedback. Linda, any final closing remarks? No, I'll just uh, reiterate that. If you guys have any topics, anything that you guys want us to talk about, we are all ears. Love it. Thanks, guys. Thank you.